It's time for the Noble Capital Radio Hour with the team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area and beyond. Featuring the Vice President of Noble Capital Wealth Management, Jess Hamill, and Financial Advisor, Jonathan Berkland. Here's your host, Walter Storholt. Thanks for being with us today on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt here alongside the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. You can find us online at ncwealth.com. Joining me today from Noble Capital are Vice President Jess Hamill and Financial Advisor Jonathan Berkland with us. And guys, I want to talk today about the stages of retirement planning. Let's kind of give people that map of how they should be thinking as they approach retirement. So we'll start with somebody who's, let's say, 15 years away from retirement. So if we're just going to kind of pick a random retirement date of, let's make the math easy and say 65, we're talking to somebody that's just getting into their 50s. We'll start there. What are some of the main financial issues that they should be focusing on at that stage? Uh, you, want, you want to focus on, well, you're in accumulation mode at that point still, but you want to start thinking about tax planning and, and tax preparation, right? And that, that comes uh, down to, to doing things like Roth conversions, right? You hear a lot of talk around about Roth conversions around our office, and unfortunately, we kind of find the people we're working with are, are that much further in, in their careers, right? At retirement, that'd be 15 more years along the way. They're usually in a higher higher place of, of earning, and they're not at a great place to do these Roth conversions. And so if you find yourself 15 years out and you're, you're comfortable doing some Roth conversions you know, in, in your current tax brackets, that's a great time to start moving some of that money over, and you have lots of time to continue doing that. You don't have to convert your whole traditional IRA into a Roth in one year. You can peel off a little piece of that at a tax bracket that you can you can handle and do that Roth conversion and put yourself in a, a much better place you know 15 years down the road where that principal is now converted over and 15 years of growth so that that's that's a, a big thing you know for anybody uh, who's who's considering retirement whether you're 15 years out or, or somewhere closer but that's a great time to start doing it as soon as you can pretty much I like it yeah back it all the way back onto as soon as you can but yeah. yeah yeah as soon as you can even even further out than 15 years but that's a great place to start thinking about it and, and then you really want to I, I would say just start thinking about what you want to do in retirement it may sound it may sound silly uh, still you know well into your career not not close to your retirement but really thinking about the lifestyle you want to live and kind of your, your target for for your retirement nest egg you know do you need five hundred thousand dollars or five million dollars to make this happen and how and where are you kind of in that spectrum are, are you feeling good about it or are you not feeling good about it because 15 years out you have time to make some adjustments from a career standpoint from a right. lifestyle standpoint to put yourself in a good position 15 years down the road whereas you know if you're looking at this a year out you might be in trouble what about uh yeah. what about debt and that kind of thing is somebody still carrying debt at that stage is it time to really start focusing on trying to get out of any mortgage debt or anything like that that's hanging around well let's let's pull mortgage debt and move it over to a separate yes, category yes. but okay. yes i mean you know what i consider inefficient debt unsecured debt credit card debt you know personal lines of credit um you know the, the the Dillard's and Macy's credit cards that you got your <laughs> you got your ten percent off the first uh, purchase because you got it and then you never got around to paying it off and kept it going so now you're paying twenty two percent on top of it get get rid of those those are horrible yeah I mean that's just basic uh, it's not even retirement yeah, planning basic, that's yeah, just you know, financial concepts yeah you can follow the the kind of the Dave Ramsey model there and, and get rid of get rid of all debt really other than 
than a mortgage. Um, if any, if most people who are coming into retirement that, that we work with, they don't have any other debt other than their mortgage, and, and that's for good reason. It's just not something that you want to try to sustain in retirement. So get those knocked out of the way, and, and don't even consider yourself really in a position to retire until those are knocked out. And then as far as the mortgage goes, we see it both ways. It really depends upon your situation, how much you have left on the mortgage, um, assets available, so on and so forth, when you're retiring as to whether that's something that we're comfortable sustaining in retirement or not. So that's something we're a little more comfortable with. But all the other consumer-type debts that Jess was talking about, definitely get those knocked out 15 years out and, and keep them knocked out. Don't let them creep back in as we get closer. All right. And then and then the mortgage the mortgage debt is a, is a completely different conversation there is this, uh, I don't want to say misconception, but a lot of people have this driving force. I've, I've got to get this mortgage paid off either before I retire or as soon as possible in retirement. And I don't agree with that as a blanket statement. I think, for instance, you know, you're in an $800,000 house, you got a $150,000 mortgage, but it's the remnants of the big mortgage, so your payments are still kind of high. Refinance that thing at 3%, spread that 150 grand over 30 years, you're never going to be here to pay it off. Enjoy the money that you worked hard for and leave that, that house with a mortgage on it to your kids, let them deal with it. You know, there's no, there's, there's no reason, <laughs> there's no reason, up. but there's no reason to, to, to uh, take a big chunk out of your retirement assets just because you want to not have a mortgage. Yep. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a mortgage in a lot of situations. That's a good way to look at it. And yeah, realize that we'll, we'll make a whole other segment out of that conversation for sure. We'll save that for another day. But yeah, that's another great topic we can dive into. I'll, I'll put it on the list of things for us to get into. Well, the other thing that made a significant change on that were the, the sweeping tax changes that hit mm. us a couple of years ago where, mm-hmm. you know, carrying a mortgage and being able to write off that interest along with property taxes, along with a whole lot of other things, all of a sudden don't have the same impact when we've wiped out the other the, your other options. So a lot of people, believe it or not, are, are, are now filing, you know, uh, they're not itemizing because yeah, yeah. they, they raised standard the standard deduction, deduction up so yeah. high that there's just not enough to overcome that. So that should also be taken into consideration. That's a great point. All right, let's fast forward the clock a little bit. Let's go to 10 years out from retirement. So eh, mid-50s, later 50s for some folks. How should the focus change there? Any adjustments or new things entering the equation? It's really going to be uh, taking a look at kind of your, your your risk tolerance, I think. You know, your, your time horizon is is obviously five years less, uh, a little bit closer to retirement. So this is this is really the time to, to start having conversations and engaging maybe a trusted advisor to just have some initial conversations with. You're not to the point of putting together a full retirement plan. You're still working, still accumulating. But you want to make sure that what you have accumulated is positioned in a place that you're comfortable with, right? And, and that could be all in, you know, going for the going for the moon because uh, we, we need to get the that accumulation up. We want to build that nest egg, uh, but it could also be take the chips off the table. Let's conserve what we have, um, and we're more comfortable doing that. So really reanalyze if you haven't in a minute your current situation, your current portfolio, all the things that have been on autopilot throughout your career. This is the time to really start dialing it in. Don't take for granted what you have, but but really hold on to it dearly and and make sure it's pointed in the right direction for you that it's going to perform over the next 10 years in a way that's acceptable to you given potential market downturns so that you can feel confident you know that five years from now when you're five years from retirement and you're sitting down you know starting to think about putting that retirement plan together that you have that nest egg available to you um, and ready to put to work right and still at the at the 10 year mark there are enough other things that can still happen that affect that decision too so there's no mm-hmm. there's no sense of getting too definitive at that point 
Yep. Yep. Back to my my Roth conversion from 15 years out. Keep doing those. Don't forget about those. I'll bring that into the 10-year conversation too. Keep keep, uh, taxes on on top of mind and and just try to make your portfolio as efficient as possible. All right. As we go toward five years away from retirement, I imagine things start to get more serious and not necessarily concrete, but you know, things are starting to fall into place here. So let's say we're getting right around that 60-year-old mark, you know, give or take a couple of years. What are the main things to consider now? So you you know you're going to retire. You, you probably know about when, you know, you're in the final stages of your career, you know what you're making, you know what we can save over the next five years, and, and you have your nest egg pretty much where it's going to be, barring, you know, five years of growth, which absolutely could be considerable. But now is the time to start thinking and transitioning uh, away from an accumulation mindset into um, how do I turn these dollars into income, right? Not just focused on the return I'm getting from them, but what income are they going to produce for me and situating those assets in a way that are income generating. And there's a whole lot of options out there. Yeah. And, and so now now we're getting into mind, mindset change. Um, you know, the, the word return mm-hmm. all of a sudden needs to not only have kind of a different definition, but a different priority. You know, if, if you're if you're five ways away from retiring and you haven't accumulated a tremendous amount of wealth by then, you're probably not going to at that point. You know, the, the focus is not about getting rich or trying to get a tremendous amount of accumulation, you know, RE return. So it's more of let's start focusing on not losing it and turning it into an income situation or at least setting it up so that it can be an income yeah. situation. And this is where we start working with clients right um, around this time, maybe maybe a few years closer to retirement. But here, here's the, that point in time you can start thinking about engaging a, a retirement planning uh, advisor and and utilizing them to, to help you build that income plan out. And that may include repositioning some assets away from uh, accumulation and, and growth mindset into other assets that are, that are focused on income, whether it's rental property or an annuity, what have you. Um, it, it's time to really start diversifying away from just focusing on that, that growth uh, that you've been working on, on focusing on really your, your whole working career most likely. Yeah, um, and and it's going to be a little bit scary, and and that's okay. That that's that's where we come into play. Uh, just jokes that we we perform the function of therapists more so than financial advisors more often than not, and and we find that to be true. But yeah, five years out, you're about where you're going to be. You know, things aren't going to change too too much. It's time to really. Um, take the gains off the table um, and, and reposition your portfolio for success in retirement uh, rather than accumulation success that you've been focused on throughout your career. And don't forget that the the term gain, the term return, um, yep. we always assume we, 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 we have a, a positive connotation with that. So when we talk about a return, I'm thinking a return is more money. You, there are negative returns, you know what I mean? Yeah, that that yeah. stuff happens. So at five years out, the last thing we want is a significant um, you know hit on our portfolio, so all of a sudden I'm now working an extra five years. So yep. take that into consideration big time yep. when you're making those decisions. It, it's shocking the number of people who, who come into our office and you know, 98% of their entire portfolio is, is square in the stock market and they're not monitoring it. They're just hoping it keeps going up. And, and there's certainly a, a part of your portfolio that you know is right at home there in the market, but we want to make sure that you're not overexposed um, and that you're you're really prepared for retirement and not not just assuming you're going to accumulate forever and, and have an infinite time horizon. 
like a lot of things in life, it's easier to stick your head in the sand and ignore it than it is to, so uh, much. to deal Absolutely. with it. But like everything in life, it's better to deal with it than to stick yeah, your head in the sand. And it's, it's easier to do it there, but the negative consequences of doing that are way more significant of doing it there. Yeah, yeah no doubt about that, for sure. All right, we've reached the day. We uh, are ready to retire. What are the absolute essential things that we should have had figured out already between that sort of five-year and retirement day? Man, depending on how many friends you have, at least a case of tequila and uh, a, good, a good venue and, and probably a good band to go out and celebrate and, you know, mark the mark this day in time. Mark the day, yeah. But hopefully in order to do that, you have a retirement income plan that you've put together, right? Something that's, that's solidified, that's written down on paper that you understand your assets are positioned to provide income streams for you. Um, and, and you're not worried about when that paycheck stops, where does the next one come from? Meaning that first retirement paycheck, you have that all figured out. That's really where we come into play and do what we do. We help you make that transition uh, financially, but also emotionally, right? To really be confident in, in your retirement. You don't want to, to wonder, where am I paying the bills from? You have, you have the money, there's no doubt, right? You have your nest egg built up. You don't wanna be wondering where is it gonna come from? That should already be figured out. You should know where your income is gonna be coming from day one of retirement. True, so yeah, yeah, I stand firm on what I said, but it's always gotta be predicated by what, by what yeah. Jonathan said. Let's, let's not go throw a party to celebrate something no, we, don't really, we don't really know if we've got it figured out or not. Get it figured out, then let's throw a party. But you should be throwing a party because you have it all figured out. That's what we like to see, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we uh, help all our clients that, do. That brings up a good point. You know, Let's throw a party when we get it figured out and then throw another party when it's the actual day. There you go, there you go. But yes, a day of retirement, it should be an exciting day, not a scary day. In any uh, business or uh, you know type relationship like that, there's always gotta be the one guy who's ready to run through brick walls, <laughs> and then the other partner who's like, just make sure you're wearing the helmet before you do it, right? So I think we can tell with you guys which one's making the other wear the helmet before they run through the brick wall. <laughs> Helmet. I didn't, I didn't. I never owned a helmet until six years ago. But Jonathan's a, always chasing totally you true. with the helmet to put it yeah, on. Jonathan's always chasing me. Put it on. Put it on. Yeah. First time I took him for a ride on a motorcycle, I I, I came in and brought a helmet in and put we it had on the his helmet. Head. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, we we make a good team. We make a good. That's team. right. That's right. You're not keeping him from running through the brick wall. Just keeping him safe while he does. It. That's right. Somebody's yeah. got to run through exactly. the wall. Somebody's right? got to do it. That's yeah. right. You got it. All right. For those who have maybe already reached that retirement date, the job's not over then. I mean, yes, there's the the partying can begin. But what about when we're, I don't know, five, ten years away from retirement? Now, on the other side, we've been retired for that long. Are there some changes there or main areas of focus that you guys are still kind of helping shepherd people through that process? Yeah, I mean, things change, right? I mean, uh, you, you, you think you have in mind what retirement's going to be, what you're going to do, what you're going to spend, where you're going to travel, all those things. And you know, five years in, you may realize that you don't like golf as much as you thought you did, or you want to travel a lot more than you thought you did, or, you know, I'm, I'm spending a little more than, than I really thought I would, or I want to go back to work. I mean, it's all over the place. And, and so it really, you know, in the years after retirement, certainly in those first five years, it's really about just working with clients as they, they make the transition and, and adjust their, their income plans for their lifestyle, whether you're going back to work or need a little bit more money or, or somewhere in between, we can make adjustments and, and tweaks to still give you that confidence along the way. So really, it's, it's more back to being kind of that that coach or that, I don't know, that, that therapist, so to speak, as you as you work through the transition and just having conversations. Hey, where are you at? How's it going? Things going well? Yes. If not, okay, let's tweak them. And that's what we do at our annual reviews. It's, it's really simple as that. Come in, sit down, view how things are going and, and make adjustments from there. Um, it's, it's a huge part of what we do and we certainly enjoy doing it. Those are the fun conversations to have, right? The work is done. We're just, it's all about um, 
really uh, making sure everybody goes out and, and has fun in retirement. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't retire to sit on the couch. I retired to have fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we want to we want to keep you there. So that's those are the annual review conversations. So that the five year in conversation hopefully is it's going great. Uh, keep it up and uh, and and then you know the plan keeps working for you the rest of your retirement. I find it helpful to kind of just look at that process. What happens when we're 15 years away from retirement, building up to that important date and beyond it. And it's nice to see it laid out like you guys just did for us there. So if you want to learn more about these kinds of things, I mean, this is the kind of education that Jonathan and Jess are doing each and every day in their office. It's the kind of education that they're doing all the time in their dinner and discussion seminars throughout the Austin area educating folks probably like you if you're listening to today's show for any extended period of time i'm guessing retirement planning is somewhat of an interest or you're in that ballpark and so if it is and you want to learn more about these things want to learn more about some of the common retirement mistakes and how to avoid them how to plan around them uh, against them you can do that by coming to one of those dinner and discussion seminar events if you want to see the list of events and sign up online you can do that at ncwealth.com that's ncwealth.com you can also call or text the team at 512-492-3800 and just let us know that you'd like to come to an upcoming event and we'll get you squared away 512-492-3800 to call or text or again ncwealth.com the place online to go if you want to learn about the common retirement mistakes how to avoid them and get a great financial plan in place so that you can retire successfully and do what jess at the end of the day get that tequila ready and Get ready party. to party. There you go. Party. <laughs> I asked. I asked Chris one time. We were going back and forth on priorities and stuff, and I didn't. I was going a completely different direction. I said, if you had to pick one word or at least one phrase that described me or what's important to me or what my drive is, what would it be? And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking totally financial stuff. And he came up with the, the great answer. It made me feel good. He said, "Have fun." There you go. Have fun. That's that's you know that's that's what drives Jess. No matter what, have fun. Have fun. Well, life's uh, all about having a good time, right? So it's imp- it is. It's important to do. It's what you've been working responsibly, so hard. which is a new you know that, that's that's not something that I would have included ten years ago. But yeah, responsibly have fun. <laughs> Enjoy responsibly. I think there's a, uh, a famous company that has that as their tagline. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. There you go. Well, more coming up on today's show. Stick with us. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Talk 1370, the right choice. If you ever miss a show, don't worry. You can always catch up later with the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast. Find it on your favorite podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Just look for the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast or go online to ncwealth.com. We've got another great question on the mailbag here with Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland. I'm Walter Storholtz, and we're loving uh, the opportunity to answer your questions on the show. If you want to submit a question to be featured on a future show, uh, by the way, you can uh, go to ncwealth.com, use the contact form, or call or text us at 512-492-3800, and we might feature your question on a future episode. We're going to go to Lakeway and get a question from Gildanex. Gilda says, I just received a large amount of cash from my mom's estate after the sale of her house. I'm hesitant to invest this in the market because it seems like I'd be buying high. How should I handle these funds? So, you know, we could go back and forth on market timing all the time. I mean, if we could time the market, we'd all be rich overnight. Um, we all know that we're, we've had a, a great market run for quite a while. So you're definitely high, right? High pricing right now, anything you're going to buy. But I mean, that kind of illustrates what we deal with all the time. People's immediate default notion is stock market. Yep. And there are so many other things that we can help you 
look at to invest your money in or utilize it to give you what you're looking for on the other side that are not market-based. So my mm-hmm. answer to that is going to be the same as Jonathan's answer before. You know, Come in and see us, whether that's through a seminar or just make an appointment to come straight in. Yeah, I think it's important to, instead of trying to pick what, what asset class am I going to invest in off the bat, let's figure out what are you trying to accomplish first, right? Where, where are you at in life? Are you close to retirement? Are you a ways out from retirement? You know, get an idea of your investment horizon and your risk tolerances and, and, and go from there. Um, it's, it's not a, I would say it's not a good idea to run and, and, and throw that money into any, any one investment just because it sounds good or, or, or stay away from something because it doesn't sound good. It's all relative to your individual situation. So you really need to, to work with an advisor who can, who can speak to you on an individual level and, and figure out what is the best step for you. And again, it doesn't start with what's the right investment for me. It starts with what am I trying to accomplish? That's where it all begins. Right. And he, and Jonathan illustrates a good point. There's so many variables on that. So this person trying to make this decision is this somebody that is just retiring and their portfolio is big enough that they're in such good shape that they don't this windfall really makes no difference whatsoever or were they barely going to make it just on social security and all of a sudden they got a windfall that's going to be a life-changing event yep um you know all those factors add up into how and where you do something with that money and that's that's where we shine that's what we're here to help but you're thinking the right way right you're not going to just sit on that money in cash which is good you want to earn something on your dollars and uh, you're a little bit um hesitant to just jump feet first into the first thing that comes to mind so props to you for that uh take it a little bit further dive down a little bit deeper into what you're trying to accomplish and maybe find an advisor that can help you along the way yeah for sure you know and, and you know for me i would say get make sure that you start off with a briefcase with 100 grand a passport and, <laughs> and a glock you know get that out of the way and then start looking at the long-term deal there you go uh guild a great question thank you for that one we appreciate it if you want to get in touch with jess and jonathan and the team at noble capital wealth management and uh, come to an upcoming dinner seminar dinner event you can do that by calling or texting 512-492-3800 that's 512-492-3800 or go online to ncwealth.com that's ncwealth.com more coming up on today's show so stay with us here on the noble capital radio hour It's getting to know you time. Time to get to know Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkeley a little bit better on today's show. This is the part of the program where we just get to know them as your financial advisors a little bit better. Just a quick sidestep from all the financial talk. Guys, outside of your family, who is somebody that's had a significant impact on your life? Outside of family? A, uh, a deep question today. It is a deep question. I mean, I don't have to go very far in my short, I guess, life and career span here. Um, in terms of mentors in my life outside of family, I think I'm sitting across the table from from the biggest one here. That might be the the easy one to pull, but I promise I'm not saying it just because he's sitting across. Brownie points. Uh, no, I've I've certainly learned a lot and uh, hope to still learn a lot and uh, really admire the gentleman I'm across from here. Um, and I think uh, any of those who don't know him yet, I think they would as well. So come come meet us. Wow. That's pretty cool. Wow. Right on, man. I appreciate that. Not, that means a lot. How do you follow that up, Jess? Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> well, it it would be something very similar. It was uh, my first professional boss, Steve Haug, um, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. But he uh, he was my boss straight out of college. I took my last final on a Wednesday, started working for him on Thursday. And 13 years later, I was president of the company. So I learned quite wow. a bit from him. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is interesting, the different people that we work with. Mine was probably from school. I 
really enjoyed a math teacher and cross country coach that I had in high school, Mr. Mayo, and uh, he was he was just awesome. So I think he had a big impact on my some very formative years there growing up in high school. So it's fun to cool. look back and lift those up in the past. Absolutely, who have helped us or in the present, as in your case, uh, Jonathan. There you so, go. There, there you go. go. Pretty cool. That's getting to know the gang at Noble Capital. We've got more coming up on today's show. So stick with us. Want to have a great meal on us and learn a little about retirement at the same time? Go to ncwealth.com to see our list of upcoming dinner events. You can reserve a spot right there online. Just go to ncwealth.com to RSVP. Come hungry. We'll see you there. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. You can find us online by going to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Jess and Jonathan, I wanted to talk a little bit today about traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. It seems that I think a lot of people don't have a clear picture of whether they should contribute to one or the other or maybe even both. And so I wanted to kind of discuss how we can determine what's the best fit for you listening to the show today. So first of all, can you guys give us kind of that that 10,000-foot view, explain the difference between Roth and traditional? Yeah, sure. It's, it's actually really straightforward. A traditional IRA, you contribute money to it, and it is, you know, the term is pre-tax. But basically, at the end of the year, you claim it on your tax return as right. a contribution, so you don't pay tax on that amount. And now that account, assuming it grows, grows tax-deferred. So the money that was put into it has not been taxed. The growth has not been taxed. And then at the time that you start to take money out, it is just it's income. So no matter what you pull out, it just becomes income. It gets lumped in with the rest of your income, and you get taxed on it at whatever rate you're in at that point. A Roth is basically the opposite of that. So you get paid, something's left over, you put it in the Roth. It's not something that you can deduct or not pay tax on at that point. That money's already been taxed, and now all the growth is forever tax-free. Not tax-deferred, but tax-free. Yes, growth and distributions that you take from that uh, basis and growth. So, so they're also they're not, they're not subject to RMDs, required minimum distributions, because there's nothing to tax. And favorite way of accumulating for the future is, is tax-free. Now, the question is always, which one should I contribute to? And the question is answered based on the circumstances that you're in. So usually it's both. Um, I like to get a good blend of tax-deferred and tax-free. It helps you in the short term sometimes on your taxable income. And then it also helps us balance out your income later on so that we're not popping into the next tax bracket every time we give you an increase in income due to inflation or needs. Yep, it's really what can you stomach to pay taxes on today? And some people may not be able to contribute to a Roth, right? There's there's a threshold. It's a little bit higher if you're married versus if you're single, but there comes a point where the IRS essentially phases you out. There so. is, and that's kind of it's kind of silly. I mean, the same guys that are writing these laws also make probably the amount of money that would right. pay them out of it. So yeah. of course they come up with a back door. Yep. Um, so you can contribute to an IRA to a traditional and then immediately convert to a Roth. Yep. It doesn't matter how much money pay you your make. taxes. Yeah, pay your taxes. So yep. it's it's the exact same thing, just one extra step. I don't even know why they they put the limits on it anymore. I mean, it's anybody with a, a little bit of knowledge can just work right around it. Yeah, just have to work a little bit harder. That's yeah, the that's the backdoor Roth. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. It, what is reality? I mean, is reality that more people are contributing to traditional versus Roths? Are the Roths being underutilized in your minds? I believe so. I mean, everybody. Everybody's stuck in this tax-deferred mindset. Um, it helps me today. It's less tax right. I've got to pay today, so I get to put it somewhere else, and then it grows tax-deferred. All you're doing is kicking the can down the road. 
And to me, and you've heard me talk about risk before, there's various things that we consider when we're looking at risk for investments. One is, what is the risk that I'm not going to get the return that I anticipate? The other one is, what is the risk that I'm going to lose my principal? But for me, I think the tax risk is the greatest one. What is the risk that 20 years from now or 10 years from now, when it's time for me to start utilizing this tax-deferred income, that we have a change in administrations, and now the tax rates are so much higher that I would have been better off paying the tax now than later? Yep. And it's, it's definitely just a here's what we've always done sort of thing as far as contributing to a traditional, I believe, you know, 401k operates very similarly. And that's something people often have happen automatically off their paychecks. And historically, those have been tax deferred rather than you paying the tax up front. Nowadays, they're coming out with the Roth 401ks and that becomes an option. But I think traditionally speaking, people think of the traditional IRA very similarly as the 401k. So a traditional IRA makes a lot of sense. Get the tax break up front, put the dollars in, it's tax deferred, down the road we go. And they kind of don't don't give the consideration to the Roth just because it kind of hurts to pay those taxes up front, right? But yeah. uh, it can hurt a little bit more if you're paying, to, to Jess's point, a higher rate down the road, uh, maybe in a rate that you're not, we don't have today that's going to go up uh, higher than we expect to uh, due to you know changes in administration. So And not only necessarily potentially a higher rate, I mean, I... I I would venture to say we are probably in the lowest tax brackets that we're likely to see in our lifetime. Yep. So they've got nowhere to go but up. But the sad part about it is, you know, you'll hear me say this one example, time after time, I had a younger client come in, him and his wife are both about 50, and they had between the two of them almost $3 million in their 401ks. And they had like $30,000 in the bank. And that's it. Yeah. No, yeah. no you know, rental properties, no uh, brokerage accounts. And they're so proud of themselves. Like, look, we got $3 million in our 401k. So that's fantastic. Every penny that you spend for the rest of your life is going to be taxable. Bottom yep. line. Yep. And we can try to help you convert some of that, but that's going to be a slow process, <laughs> exactly. right? Over to the Roth. Yeah. Because right. we're not going to have you paying taxes at the highest bracket to do those conversions. So that's something we could talk about too is, is you know, how do I convert to mm-hmm. a Roth from a traditional, right? And, and when does that make sense to do that versus maybe not do that? Yeah. I had a client that it's, it hasn't been that long ago, about a year ago. He had probably a little over a million in his traditional and he had just retired and his CPA actually told him, just bite the bullet and convert it all right now. Do it all. Just, just yeah. Do it all in a Roth, and then you're good from now on. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> 70% of that's going to be taxed at 37%. Right, like, right. Come on, guys, use your head here. Yeah, that's that's not a great uh, advice from a CPA. I mean, I, that's that's something else. But, uh, yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a decision that you kind of make on an annual basis looking at your income for the year. As you get towards the end of the year, you know, come October, maybe kind of looking at what did I make this year? What do I have sitting in traditional that, I, that could be converted over to Roth? I mean, just what can I stomach from a tax standpoint? What makes sense? How can I stay on those lower tax brackets and move some some of those dollars over? And you don't have to do all of it in one account. You could pick, you know, one dollar or a hundred thousand or a million dollars. So pick the amount that keeps you in the tax brackets that you're comfortable with and, and, and move it over and certainly talk through that with your advisor and CPA. But that's the time to do it and, and do it smart. Yeah, and then the next level of planning on that is to save enough back in non-qualified money so that the first year that you're retired, or maybe even the first two or three years that you're retired, you can spin that down and start doing the conversions at you know, 10, 12% right, um, interest, right. or, uh, tax brackets there. So you can, you can live off of your own money that's not taxable, and while you're doing that, because you have no taxable income coming in, all of your Roth conversions are making up the taxable income. I mean, you can go up to seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 and still be in the lower tax brackets very easily. Yeah, yeah. 
if a Roth conversion is something that you're thinking about doing or, or not quite sure about how to execute, or you're wondering how does that fit into my overall retirement plan, uh, do take the opportunity to come out and check us out at one of our retirement dinners that we have coming up. We talk about Roth conversions, income planning, and a whole lot more. And it's a great opportunity to have a good meal in a comfortable setting and eventually take us up on the opportunity to come into our office and make an appointment where we can talk about uh, your Roth conversion and your overall income plan in detail. So take that opportunity, come out and see us, and let us help you out with your Roth conversions. All you have to do to get in touch and to reserve your spot at an upcoming dinner event is go to ncwealth.com. Again, go to ncwealth.com to see the upcoming list of events in the area, and you can reserve your spot right from your smartphone or computer, ncwealth.com, your place to go online. Or you can call or text and ask for a spot to be reserved for you at an upcoming event as well, 512-492-3800. If you want more details, call or text that number. 512-492-3800. 512-492-3800. Jess and Jonathan hold lots of events here with Noble Capital Wealth Management throughout the Austin area, teaching folks just like you about retirement planning, about financial planning, and making sure that you're well prepared for your financial future. And if you want to take advantage of coming to an upcoming event, you can attend one of these free dinner events by calling 512-492-3800. Again, that's 512-492-3800. Call or text that number or go on Online once again to ncwealth.com. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. If you ever miss a show, don't worry. You can always catch up later with the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast. Find it on your favorite podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Just look for the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast or go online to ncwealth.com. It's the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt here alongside Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, the fantastic team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. And we have a question here on the mailbag from Cliff that I would like to answer. Cliff writing into us from Austin and says, I told myself that once I hit a million dollars in my portfolio that I'd move a lot of money to cash. But now that I'm at a million, I'm thinking I can get to 1.2 million before I make that move. What do you guys think? Well, my first question would be, why why getting to a million? Why would you move money to cash unless you're just trying to get it out of the market? Okay, he probably means take it out of the market, put it in cash, so he doesn't worry yeah, about losing it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like in a suitcase. But why the million dollar mark? That to your point there, that's that's kind of the question. What is is a million dollars kind of the? I know for sure I'm going to be good, and that, I, I think he probably. I mean, but my guess would be he probably had a a goal. Um, here's here's what I really need to feel comfortable retiring. I got to get up to a million dollars. So once I get there, I'm going to do something to make sure that I don't have another 2008 that drops me back down to 600. But if the question is, should I now move that to 1.5? The answer is the same as always. I'm going to just like record it. Come see me. You know? <laughs> let's let's look at the overall portfolio and figure out what you're trying to do exactly. Just moving something to cash. If you are comparing that to, if, if if you're looking at only two options, it's either in the market exposed to risk or it's in cash. There are other options between the two. There's an in-between or an alternate, right? right? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily be in-between, but something next door. Yeah, I think 
what we're getting at and kind of the fusion confusion you're getting from us, Cliff, is is just related to it sounds like your only goal is is some number kind of in the sky unless uh, it's tied. It's not doesn't sound like it's too tied to an overall plan where a million dollars is what you need to successfully retire. It's more just that makes me feel good. So I would caution you on getting um, overconfident and with any investment and saying, well, now that I've hit my my goal, my benchmark, I'll just keep going because I think it's going to work out for me without having an overall plan for, for what you're trying to accomplish. So instead of making that decision to go cash or to stay on the market uh, based on the million dollar benchmark, let's sit down and talk about what are your overall goals in retirement? What are your income needs? What other sources of income do you have? Social security, maybe a pension, who knows, right? And and figure out what does it take to, to fund the rest of your retirement. And it might be that um, yeah, let's move forward with a million and, and keep going. Let's push for more, or it may mean let's reallocate some of that um, and into the the retirement income plan or, or somewhere in between. Yeah, and for and you know, we 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 breezed right over the very first thing we should have said, which is congrats. Yeah, know, right. I con- mean, yeah, we're, congrats we're, yeah. on whatever you did. That that uh, it sounds like he had a plan. It was deliberate. So you got yourself up to a million bucks in your portfolio. Good job. Way yeah, to go. that's a that's a big deal, a huge accomplishment. So his his next thought is. How do I not lose it? So yeah, he's yeah. so you're on the right track. Where you went sideways is the the it's either cash or the market kind of thing. So yeah. come see us. We can definitely help you. Um, and the goal would be to not only make sure you don't lose that million bucks, but to start using it properly so that it benefits you in a way that makes the most sense for your retirement. Yep, yep. And we might even put a little back in the market to to watch it grow. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's don't tough. don't get trapped in the in the millionaire definition. You know, especially for my generation, millionaire that was a big deal. Man, you're a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. The look I see on clients' faces when they come in with a million bucks and a pretty big budget. And they think they are just bulletproof. And we start, we lay it out, especially when they're a little bit early, lay it out, look at their budget, look at inflation, and they realize, wow, I'm still short, even at a million bucks. Yeah, that's painful. Yeah, if your budget's over, uh, if you're in the six figures on your budget and, and you're sitting on a million, you might have to rethink um, retiring today. Yeah. I mean, that, that's Unless you're 75. But, you know, if you're, sure, sure, yeah. If but, you're in the early 60s, you got a million bucks, you're living on a buck 20. Yeah, we got to make some be adjustments, tight. man. It's yeah. going to be tight, believe yeah. it or not. And that's, that's the reality. So congrats on the million. It's not what it used to be, but still, it's a huge accomplishment, and it's certainly a fantastic nest egg and, and something you can put a, a great retirement plan together with, um, regardless of budget, really. Good job, Cliff. Lots to unpack in that question. Uh, mm-hmm. Who would think that there'd be that much to go over from just two sentences? But there were just uh, there's a lot of you know assumptions that are built into that, and uh, a lot of misnomers as well. So I got to think it's just an emotional thing, right? We spent our working years obviously not having a million dollars in many cases, and so million sounds pretty good when we're younger, and it just kind of gets lodged in our brains, and then we have that emotional attachment to that number because it sounded like plenty when we were younger, and we just don't change that mentality when we get older. Maybe that just kind of gets stuck in the back of our heads, and that's why so many people tend to just sort of shoot for that random number without really having any rhyme or reason behind it. But uh, it's a really good question, Cliff. Thanks for sending yeah, that one as in. Far as, as far as changing the mentality, come in here. We'll put it on paper in front of you. And, <laughs> and we'll, we'll help you get into the correct mentality, I guess, is the, is the point. That's yeah. right. There's that's nothing, right. There's nothing uh, well, there's plenty of things worse than things, but it's not great to get overconfident 
um, and then start spending based on that and realize that you're running out way sooner than you expected. Yeah, at least put it to the test because yeah. you know, on some situations, a million's enough, so your your random number may work. Absolutely. But in that's many true. cases, it's not. So that's uh, really good. Uh, great conversation that you sparked there, Cliff. If you want to learn more <laughs> about these kinds of things, I mean, making some of those assumptions, not to pick on Cliff, uh, do fall under that umbrella of common retirement mistakes. And those are the kinds of things that are being debunked at the dinner events that Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the team at Noble Capital Wealth Management host throughout the area here in Austin and uh, throughout the community. They're going to uncover things like the danger of procrastination, uh, what it's like to not have an income plan in retirement and the dangers that that poses. They'll give you some case studies on why you should be planning and uh, show you that planning in action. And they'll talk about taxes and the annuity trap and other important items as well. If you want to attend an upcoming event, you can find the list of locations and dates at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Just look for the dinner and discussion seminars there. Or you can give a call or text to request to reserve a spot for those upcoming events as well. 512-492-3800 is the number to dial. And you can call or text 512-492-3800. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Talk 13.7. Do you have a question for the Noble Capital team? Give us a call at 512-492-3800 to get some answers. That's 512-492-3800 or online at ncwealth.com. Well, it's time to answer another one of your questions here on the show as we open up the mailbag. And Jess and Jonathan, I've got a good question here from Jane. Jane is in Westlake and says, I'll be retiring in exactly one year. What's on the list of things I need to do before I officially walk away? Whew, man, that's a, that's a broad question and a big list. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you've done so far, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. If you've accumulated well um, versus not, you may need to work a little bit longer. That'd be the first thing. But somebody, you know, somebody from Westlake retiring in a year, I'd say they're probably in pretty good shape. So the first thing, if you do not have an income plan or a retirement plan right now and you know you're retiring in one year, the single most important thing you can do is get to our office and let us help you start working on an income plan so that you know how you're going to fund your retirement. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it starts with the budget, right? We need to know what we're working towards. What are we, what are we funding from a retirement perspective? And then uh, having all of your, your accounts visible and trackable, I guess, to you. There, there's so many people that come into our office and don't know what they have <laughs> or where it is. So that's a good little, little bit of homework to do before you go see any advisor is figure out where, where is everything and do I have statements for it and do I know how it works and what are my questions and so on and so forth. So at least you know what you don't know, you know what I mean, maybe. And then that's a, that's a good starting point. So uh, Get your arms around where you actually are so you can start planning. We, right. we, had, we had a client who was in there last week, and I mean, there was a, I'm not going to get too specific because if they hear it, they'll know what we're talking about, but a <laughs> several hundred thousand dollar discrepancy yes. in wow. does this count exist or not? You know? Correct. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah. wow, man, guys, come on. you got to have an well, idea. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 one of those things. Yeah, so uh, don't don't be that guy when you go to retire. Yeah, don't be that. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, other than actually getting down to work and building the income plan that Jess is talking about, really having a lay of the land, what do you have? When are you looking to retire? What are you trying to do in retirement? That's kind of where the budget comes into play. Are you looking to... 
sit around the house all day in your pajamas and eat, you know, frozen pizza, or you, you're going to go, you know, buy an airplane and fly around the world. I mean, those are two different lifestyles. So just having an idea of, of what, when, and, and what you have to try to get there. And then those are the pieces that, that really any advisor is going to need to start shaping a plan and, and formulating a, a true uh, retirement income plan that'll get you where you want to go. So think about those things and then maybe thinking about coming out to an event, coming out to one of our dinner events and learn a little bit more about us and how we operate, what we can do for you and, and take us up on an offer to, to have a, an appointment individually with us and, and we can get to know your specific situation and certainly put together that income plan for you. So backing into that all that high level, because that's quite a bit, the, the, the main answer to that is figure out how to get a plan, an mm-hmm. income plan, a retirement plan, some plan on how you're going to do it. Um, whether that's here or somewhere else, um, of course, I would suggest here. So I'm not saying don't think about maybe coming to a you know seminar right. that just come on down, but come see us. We'll help you out. Yeah, if you want to set up time to uh, attend one of those upcoming dinner events where you learn about some of these important planning concepts that Jess and Jonathan are talking about, you can call or text 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or see the list of upcoming events online at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Guys, I'm just curious on uh, another piece of Jane's question here. I'm just keying in on the, you know, I'll be retiring in one year and kind of sounds like she's at the beginning of this process. Is that typical? It sounded from your voices like, ooh, that's like really soon. What would be the average distance out from retirement that people usually start to talk to you and get their plan in place? Unfortunately, it's not as long of a lead time as you would think or as you would expect. But I would say, I don't know, Jonathan, what do you think? I mean, that, that's pretty, one year's pretty normal. I'd say that's on the shorter end of what we'd like to see. I mean, I think we'd like to see people in the, the two to maybe four year range kind of. Uh, Depending on their age, too. So if I've got a 50-year-old that wants to retire in three years, that limits to some degree, depending on what accounts they've utilized to stockpile um, their nest egg on what we can do. You know, I, I yeah. got a guy in there who wants to do a bunch of Roth conversions. So as soon as he does, we got to wait five years to be able to, to mess with them. Plus, yeah. He's young enough that we've got to get past the 59 and a half. So, yeah, it's always nice to start early, but the earlier we start, the smarter we've got to be about how we plan it so we make sure that we're not stuck in a five-year gap where we've retired, but we're not to quote, retirement age yet, so our retirement accounts aren't right. available to and us. And make it flexible enough to, to incorporate changes along the way, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, we, we see people all over the place from, from five years out or more from retirement or five to even 10 years into retirement, and they're trying to figure out, can I get to the end? You know, what do I need to change uh, along the way? But, I mean, ideally, we're talking to you one, two, three years you know, there you, you retire. I, mean, I feel a, like we're giving politician answers here. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but it is Jonathan, Jonathan got it in the end there. Yeah, yeah. you answered the question. Uh, it's, uh, and it's, in my opinion, that's the correct answer. Yeah, well, one to three years out. So, so we're not in a bad spot in this particular situation at all. Uh, I like that. One year, two year, th- uh, three or four year, five yeah, no, year somewhere, maybe, somewhere there. there. Uh, but that, that does make sense. I get the point behind why it ends up being closer than you'd like it, but obviously we can desire for it to be a little bit more lead time and see the benefits from doing such as well. Great question, Jane. Thank you for sending that one in to us. Again, you can call or text if you want to reach out to the Noble Capital Radio Hour team and ask about some of the upcoming dinner events where you can learn a lot more information about these types of retirement planning conversations. We're talking about things like taxes, the annuity trade. Uh, the problem with investing while you're still working, and the biggest of all, procrastination. If you want to learn about those things, why some of those are detrimental to your plan, why some of those things will be helpful to your plan, you can certainly come in and attend an upcoming event. You can also see the list of events online at ncwealth.com. 
Com. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, I'm Walter Storholt. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next time back here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers and not those of Noble Capital or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest, an offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal tax or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Noble Capital, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results and all investments involve inherent risk of total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial investment and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Noble Capital. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of